You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. It's getting late out there, but the news and notes never stop. Neither do the questions. This is the call-in show for the Packernet Podcast Network. Please feel free to call in anytime you have a thought, question, comment, concern about the Packers, or really anything else that's troubling you. Again, that's 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. We do not, in fact, have any new callers today, and I don't know why that's not working. There we go. Now we got it. We're going to start off the show with Mr. Seth. What's going on, man? Hey, Ryan. It's Seth. Was catching up on the podcast. It's been a busy week, anyways. I just got done listening to your podcast. I talked quite a bit about Jordan Love, and uh, I am a pretty big Jordan Love fan. I don't know if you remember saying, probably not, to get like a million calls. Well, a little while back on talking about After Dark, that I actually was hoping the Packers would draft Jordan Love. I just thought, you know, those riders were drafting that retired team, and I really liked Jordan Love as a college quarterback. Um, but to your point, nobody's gone. Uh, to the point of being like, yeah, he's going to be a top 10 quarterback. And, uh, well, what the heck? You you, uh, you got me all riled up. He's going to be a top 10 quarterback. There you go. <laughs> uh, although, I think we need to remember, let's not uh, expect that year one, even though that would be awesome. <laughs> Give him a couple years as a starter. But. Um, had another thought, and I forgot it. Hmm. I think of it, I'll call you back. Well, we're making progress, even if that means saying, you know what, he will be top 10, which is only top third. It's not that big of a deal. However, <laughs> followed immediately by a however. But you know what? I'll take it. I will take it. Seth remembered what he wanted to call back on. Go ahead. Hey, Seth, again, I remembered. Um, uh, like I said, I kept up on a bunch of uh, podcasts the last couple of days. Yes, and, sir. Um, I can't remember who said it, but I'll talk about that after dark. Um, Someone was talking about how Rodgers, um, you know, in an interview was talking about coaches, Hank was on the McAfee show, and how he didn't, didn't uh, specifically, you know, praise anyone on the current staff other than, I think he did praise uh, Rich. But um, anyways, he didn't praise LaFleur, and he talked about he wants someone that's not just a uh, dude, you know, want people to like you, coach, more of an accountability leader. And uh, I kind of have this thought in the back of my mind that, Rogers and the floor tension has started to build up a little bit this year with, you know, just everything's been escalated with Devontae leaving the team struggling. Rogers has made several comments this year about not liking the offense or simplifying, et cetera. Um, yep. And I kind of almost wonder if Rogers, more than anything, is just trying to push the floor to stand up for himself. You know, like, uh, come on, man, demand respect, quit just trying to get me to like you. You know, I could totally see Rogers playing that head game. Um, but anyway, I don't have a, a big point there, but if you have any thoughts, that'd be cool. Uh, just kind of that popped in my head as I was listening to that. You know, Rogers just trying to push his buttons to make him step up a little bit. But all right, talk to you later. I mean, I could definitely see how Lafleur's style of trying to be liked would be annoying uh, to Rogers, who wants a 
leader to, again, command respect. Um, again, I don't agree with whatever style of, you know, whether or not he's doing that intentionally or not. I, don't, I, I would really doubt it. Um, you know, I mean, he could do that privately. He doesn't need to do that publicly. But um, it, I, I do know what you mean about the tension. You know, I, again, even with the comments about we need to simplify the offense, that was one of the only times I think LaFleur kind of reached his breaking point when he flat out was like, I don't even know what that means. Like, yeah, whatever. He's talking about stuff. I don't know what he's talking about. He's always running his mouth about crap. I have no idea. And so th- there is, I mean, he didn't, the, the, the quote stopped a long time ago. He didn't say all that. Um, but there does seem to be some of that. You know, Rogers has all these ideas. Like, what if we did this? What if we did this? And LaFleur's like, dude, that's not, it's not what we do, man. It's like, well, what if, you know, he's got all these ideas. And, you know, when I was with Mike, and then you get sort of the jealousy thing. Well, back with my time with Mike, we did this. And, I, you know, I think he's always going back to Mike McCarthy and all the stuff that they did and how they used to do things. And so Matt's trying to accommodate that. And it's like, well, yeah, I guess we could do a little bit of this and we can incorporate some of this and kind of do some of that. And now we got this hybrid thing going on. And yeah, I mean, it, it, it's annoying to me even how much it feels like. I don't know what's going on, but it feels like Matt LaFleur wants to be liked, and especially by Aaron Rodgers, and that is annoying, and it is stupid, and he should just stand up and say, I don't care, dude. Um, and there may be some kind of a directive to make the guy happy. That seems like this is a team-wide thing to praise and, and uh, all this stuff with Rodgers. I just think it's stupid. I get that he's a superstar. I get that he gets paid a lot of money. But you know what? You are not going to be treated like you're special. We're not going to do that. That's that's stupid and counterproductive. It's unfair to everybody else. You need to show up and do your job just like everybody else. Well, I'm better than everybody else. Right. That's why you get more money. You want respect? You get it in your paycheck. But when you step on the field, you are a football player, and I am in control of this freaking team as the head coach. And if I say jump, you're going to freaking jump because I said so. You don't like it too freaking bad. I don't care. So, yeah, I mean, I, 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 there, there has to be, and I'm not saying you need to be a dictator and do everything wrong, but at, at the very least, that's, that's the understanding. I am the head coach, and I'm going to do whatever I can to accommodate you and to make this the best possible experience for everybody and make this the best possible team that we can make it. But there is no... Like, I'm not going to beg for your love and your affection and your attention and try to work with you and do whatever you feel like and get into your feel. Like, dude, that's not how this works. Not going to do that. And, uh, yeah, it is it is annoying to have the team kind of bend over backwards for him all the time, and I look forward to hopefully that not happening in the future. Um, that, you know, if Jordan Love comes in and he makes mistakes, they're going to say, yeah, Jordan Love needs to be better, just like they do with everybody else on this freaking team. And I think it's absurd that when a guy gets a certain amount of money, suddenly we can't talk about him anymore. That's ridiculous. You know, if, if Bakhtiari has a bad day, he, then he had a bad day. It is what it is. But you're not going to throw the rest of the off. You know, I mean, if they start throwing Jordan Love under the bus, well, it's like, oh, yeah, I mean, he, he's having a bad day, but, uh, you know, Love needs to do a better job getting the ball out of his hand, blah, blah, blah. We're not throwing people under the bus because so-and-so gets a big contract. I mean, what are we scared of anyways? What is the big fear? What, that they're going to leave? What's the fear? This is where their money is. This is where their paycheck is. You don't get to just do whatever you want. I, I, I don't know. I don't understand it. I don't get it. 
I don't know what all the drama is about and I'm just annoyed with it and I'm tired of it and I'm ready for it to just be done. Um, you, you know what I've realized? I was going to save this for the podcast. Rogers won that golf tournament. Rogers isn't a football player. He's a golfer. I'm serious about that. Rodgers is not a football player. He, he's a great quarterback. Don't get me wrong. One of the most skilled quarterbacks that's ever been. But he's a golfer, not a football player. Rodgers is all about perfection. In golf, the only thing that needs to be perfect in order for you to win, and he did win the golf tournament, is for you to be perfect. So you get to dedicate all your time and all your effort into training your body and your mind into being a perfect entity. And he does that with precision. He's an incredible athlete. But in football, it's not about you. It's about all the other guys. It's about the coaches. It's about your your offensive line, your wide receivers, your running backs. And I don't think Rodgers likes that. And it's why he loves guys like Bakhtiari and Devontae Adams. He wants veterans on his team. It doesn't even matter about how good they are. He wants Randall Cobb. He wants Mercedes Lewis. Why? Because he doesn't want to have to worry about you not knowing what to do. He wants everything to be perfect. And when it's not perfect, he gets pissed off. Because he wants to just show up and and win because he's great. But that's not how football works. It doesn't work that way. You don't get to be a superstar and win just on the back of you being a superstar. Everybody else has to be great too. And you play an active role in that. You have to help make other guys great. And he doesn't want to do that. He thinks it's good enough for him to just show up and be great. And it's not. That's why he should go golf. Because you get to just show up and be great and win and dominate. I think he'd be an unbelievable golfer. Football, not so much. If you're not going to show up to OTAs and help the other guys around you and help to encourage people and grow people and do those kinds of things, if that's just a big giant joke to you and it's like, oh, they're, they need to learn to be professionals and learn to do their job and blah, blah, blah. Golf is your sport. That's what I think. Go be great by yourself and play a sport where like, even like if, if, if he gets doubled up or whatever. Yeah, but you're doubled up with professionals, guys at the top of their game. He's not playing with rookie golfers. He would lose his mind. Can you imagine if he got paid? That's what football is. Football is like Aaron Rodgers going to like a pro-am, but instead it's him and some guy that's never played golf, like, and me. And he would play great, and I would play like crap, and we would lose because of me. And he would be freaking pissed because I'm not pulling my weight. That's football. That's the NFL. That's what Rodgers has been dealing with. So there you go. Rodgers Rogers should golf. Hey, Ryan, it's Seth. Hey, Third Seth. Call today. Sorry about that. It's all right. Welcome. Do what you got to do. How many calls you Get have. it out. Um, maybe that'll be my new trend. Maybe I'll call in three times in a day like once a month. That seems to be about Sounds what Sounds good. Anyways, I want you to put on your GM hat for a minute. You're Brian Didikins. Um, you, get, you get offer, you know, you're looking at, just say, the Justin Raiders to trade Rodgers. Put together, you know, a couple of reasonable trade packages in your mind, um, and and tell me which one you would prefer. Where you'd rather trade Rogers? You know, just some few thoughts to maybe get you going. You know, of course, two first would be nice, but I almost, if we're getting rid of Rogers, would you know maybe rather get back you know, Darren Waller, Max Crosby would be cool, but that'd be really stupid of the Raiders. Uh, maybe Sauce Gardner, um, one person Sauce, since we traded him to the Jets. Um, that'd be, that'd be all right. So I don't know, just, uh, spitball a little bit. Give me something more than drastics, uh, or just drastics, you know. And, uh, the other question I had is, if we trade Rogers prior to Gene first, because then there's that, uh, 
$60 million cap hit or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe that's just on that we get the dead cap hit. That's worse. Anyways, can the Raiders even afford to trade for Rodgers with his uh, current deal, or would he have to restructure it in order for that to work? Because thinking they didn't have that much money floating around um, like the Jets do. Anyways, love to get your thoughts on this one. Thanks, man. Well, as far as the trade packages, I think that's all of those are a little bit optimistic. Um, I'm starting to become more, I, I, I was very pessimistic. Then I got optimistic. Now I'm starting to be pessimistic again. Um, I, again, I, I can't help but think that this would be, it would have a, several contingencies in the trade, depending on at the very least how long he plays. Um, potentially a contingency based on how good of a player he is. In other words, we're starting off with a low pick and then we work our way up. Um, that obviously wouldn't apply to anything this year. If we pl- traded for a player, we get the player. You can't get the player back. That's not how that works. And we're not going to give you the player that we drafted with the number 13 pick if you already gave us that. This would apply, especially if we're doing a post-June 1 trade, so all the picks would be next year. And what those picks are would be contingent on what he does this year. I don't know how that would work in terms of him coming back. He would have to decide he's going to play I guess, prior to the draft or whatever. And the reason I say I'm pessimistic is because they would have to start on the low end, right? You are getting a, for example, a second round conditional pick, or maybe it's, uh, if you want to go on the high end, like a, a, a first and a 2025 third, which could become a 2025 first if he does this, that, or the other. You know, I, I don't know. But the reason I would be pessimistic about it is because I don't expect him to play at MVP level, and I also don't expect him to come back and play the year after that. So we would get the minimum, which would probably not be great. If we're talking high end, and let's just say it's this year, I, I, I don't think the Raiders would offer their first round pick this year, which is seven. If they did... I feel like that's kind of the max. Like, I don't think we would get seven and Waller unless we gave something back. Maybe maybe it would be like a pick swap. We would give them 15 and Rodgers. They would give us seven and Waller. Something like that. The Jets maybe would give us 13. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's a first this year, a first next year. I, I'm, I'm completely... I, I know um, Peter King said two firsts would not be out of the realm. So the Jets may be a 13 this year and a first next year, possibly. I really don't know. I know we're not getting Max Crosby or Sauce Gardner. That's that's completely off the table. Uh, no way in the world a, a one-year massively expensive quarterback is going to yield us one of the best pass rushers and one of the most promising young corners in football. Uh, that, that that's There's no chance. I mean, if Sauce Gardner was on the table, it would be a one-for-one swap, and we'd probably have to give picks. <laughs> We'll give you 15 and Rodgers, you give us Sauce Gardner. And then as far as the pre-June 1, um, I believe for us, I don't know if I fully caught your question, but for us, I think it would be a $40 million dead cap hit. But Rodgers' cap hit right now, if he plays, is 31.6. So it would be like a $9.5 million additional um, hit to our cap but then we have nothing on the cap next year. So we'd be completely free and clear. So I, I, I'm not entirely opposed to it as long as we can actually make it work. I don't know if we can. We're pretty tight as it is, adding $9 million more. 
would be a little bit rough, but it would almost be my preference. I love, I, I, I am, my wife and I, when we had piles of debt at one point, my thing was always, if we have the money to pay something off, we're going to pay it off. Even if it hurts a little bit, like we, we've got a thousand dollars in savings and this, uh, final debt is $970. Like, well, I guess our savings is going down to 30 bucks. I want it gone. And she's like, no, why don't we just not do that and do minimum payments for the rest of our lives? And that would be our battle meet somewhere in the middle or something. But I, again, I, I don't think that'll be the case. My my guess would be post-June 1, which means we get nothing this year, which will be great sadness to many Packer fans who are already mocking the 13th pick to the Jets, which a lot of people now are also saying they, they really, really doubt he goes to the Jets. I know there's a massive amount of rumors for the Raiders. I don't know how much of that is is actual substance. I know Devontae was kind of just goofing around, but there's a lot of other things going on. I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, it's such a weird place to be in where if we got offered a conditional 2024 second round pick, I wouldn't be surprised. And if we got offered two first round picks, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it's just, it's, I don't know. Hey, Ryan, and in the greater pack world, how are you doing? It's Steve up in Alaska. Hey, Steve. I'll doing my thing again. I hear some snow machines off in the distance. I don't know if you hear those or not. Nah. But uh, just got done listening to your uh, your whole thing about Jordan Love and comparing him to the kid over in Philly. And uh, you know, I've I've been you know I've been pro with the whole Jordan Love thing since you know he got drafted. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm not super vocal about it, and I think that's part of the problem is you know like most of the most of the communications that we have today out there in the world the the negative people tend yeah. to be the much louder. That's true. You know, even the ones who say are being positive, but they're doing it in a negative way. Yeah. You know, the, those are the loud ones. And the positive people, they're just not as boisterous about it. They don't want to go out and shout to the, you know, to the world that they think it's going to be great because you know what will happen if they're wrong. They're going right. to get attacked by all That's the true. negative people. And if they're right, the negative people won't care that they're wrong because, hey, we got a great quarterback and they'll forget that they were even negative. So, you know, I'm, I'm all pro the Jordan Love thing. I, I wish we had lost, you know, um, a game or two out of that winning streak that we had at the end of the season so we could have seen him play at the end of last year. I think that would have been great. Gave us a whole lot more insight on what we have. You know, and I've, and I've called him before and said we've had, as a, as a franchise, we've been really good with having quarterbacks. You know, Bart Starr was like a, I don't know, he was like somewhere in the teens back when they had forever drafts and he was something in the teens. Hall of Famer, tons of Super Bowls, you know, or championships because they weren't all Super Bowls. You know, I, those who are old enough to remember Lynn Dickey, great quarterback, just had the injury issues, couldn't stay healthy. But other than that, the guy had an arm on him. He was terrific. You know, we had um, Don Markowski for a couple of years. Came, you know, great. nobody really remembers him, but he was a really good quarterback. And then he'd go to Brett and, and Aaron. So, and then you look at all the quarterbacks that were drafted between then, you know, that played well and, and were solid quarterbacks. Um, matter of fact, I think we need to get back to the old Ron Wolf system of, you know, using a third or fourth round pick every year just to pick up a quarterback. So we have, uh, you know, a quarterback developing on the team. You know, you train him up and it's, hey, if he doesn't become your starter, it's okay. You can trade him to another team for a better pick than you used to pick him up out of the draft. Cause Ron Wolf did that all the time, man. And, and it upped our draft ability to pick up better players because we were cycling in that, that potential starting quarterback that other teams wanted to come and get. So I'm I'm out there saying that I'm looking forward to seeing Love play. I think he's going to be, you know, if anything, a solid quarterback that you know, like you said, top ten. Top ten is a guy that can get you into the playoffs. So 
I'm in for it. All right, man. Y'all take it easy. Bye. Yeah, no, I think that's a that's a good point. You you generally don't see as much of the positive, and occasionally when somebody does do it, the only thing they're going to get is a bunch of negative and all that stuff. And you know somebody saved it so that when Jordan Love throws his first interception, that's going to get thrown in your face. And yeah, social media is pretty trash. Um, but I think it's what what I meant more or less. And you know, obviously, I assumed that there wasn't as much. Love for Jordan Love because I didn't see it. But I think the important part isn't that people go out and scream it on social media. It's more or less just internally. It's odd to me that it seems like internally most of us are not super excited about Jordan Love. That's all. Maybe it's not odd. Maybe it makes perfect sense. But um, I wanted to at least hopefully get some people kind of fired up. All right, Nate, man, I got the bleep button ready. I see this is a long one. I can count one, two, three, four, uh, five, six times. I'm going to have to stop and edit, but uh, he's all fired up and revved up about something. Let's see what it is. Hey, Ryan, I wanted to call in and uh, talk about the hey, Rogers Nate. system. Um, just after uh, packing in after dark last night, I know we were, um, a few people were talking about uh, him not liking McCarthy and him uh, wanting to run the McCarthy system still, even though he didn't like McCarthy. Um, but let, let's just let's just look at it. Like uh, you know, when he uh, ran or at least tried to run the Lafleur system in 2020, what happened? Um, he won MVP. He looked fantastic. Everybody was like, "Oh my God, we can't get rid of this guy. He got a new contract. Everything was great." <clears throat> And then we slowly watched him start to check out of uh, the LaFleur offense and start running basically just the Rodgers offense. And what did we see this last year? This last year was mostly watching the Rodgers offense. And it looked like it did. Sorry. I'm I'm sorry, but Rodgers is not a good head coach. Um, And let's even look at uh, Rodgers as a GM since he wants to be making so many decisions and – and moaned and cried like a little man-child about it, about how he wants to be in on the decisions. So he brings back, like, Randall Cobb, and, and like, he's, he's bringing back all these old guys, all his yes-men who just bow down before him. Uh, and they all look like too. It's not it's not hard to, to look at these guys and say, you're too old to play football anymore. I am sorry. This is a business. Okay, I know you want to be buddy-buddy. I know you want the organization to treat you like you're the greatest thing since sliced bread, but this is a business. We're we're trying to win games, and we're trying to build for the future. We're not trying to go back 30 years. I don't have a f***ing DeLorean, okay? I can't take you back to your prime, Rogers, 10 years ago. Deal with it, okay? Go somewhere else and go bring your f***ing problems over there because I'm, I'm done with it. I, I don't... He's not worth it. Rodgers could throw for 10,000 yards next year, and he still wouldn't be worth it to me. He's not worth the headlines. Just too many too many headlines. He's not worth him constantly trash-talking and saying underhanded things, but he says them in that way where, like, it, he might not mean it, and then all of his, like, all of his followers on Twitter are like, he didn't actually mean that. No, you got to look at what he said. Okay, that's what Rodgers does. He manipulates he manipulates the media and puts all this stuff out so that we all fight against each other because he knows how to do that. He's a really smart guy. I never said he wasn't smart. Okay? He is a f***ing moron on a lot of things, but he definitely knows how to manipulate. That's his specialty. 
Um, so yeah, let's, yeah, I guess I'm talking about Rogers again for the hundred thousandth time, even though I'm so sick of it. So, well, as you could say, you got, see, he got cut off. Um, the only thing that I'll say is I don't, I know that that was always my thought, right? 2019, I know we had, um, sort of a hybrid system and Aaron Rodgers was allowed to keep a lot of his stuff. And I know that in 2020, we did start to see more of the offense that we were sort of expecting. I don't know how much of a correlation there is, especially going forward. It, it Was it like 80% Rodgers in 2019 and then 90% Lafleur in 2020 and 2021, and then we went back this year and that's what messed everything up? I would doubt it's that like directly correlated, but um, I think most of us would love to see more of a Shanahan-style offense um, and less of what it is that we're doing. Um, A simplified offense where Rodgers needs to turn his brain off, which I know he doesn't like. He doesn't want to do that. He wants to be a thinking, attacking, uh, know-everything, be-everywhere, omniscient, all-knowing being. But... um, that's I don't know I, I I don't think it it meshes very well and I would like it if and I I, I, I don't know I'd have to have somebody kind of explain to me I'll not even explain it because I don't care just just go back and look and, and tell me how much of this offense is sort of a uh, Shanahan offense compared to a Ma- uh, Mike McCarthy offense or a McVeigh offense compared to a Mike McCarthy offense. Because I, I don't want to just run with that narrative because it's assumed, because a lot of these narratives end up just being completely false. And I haven't, unless I've actually done the work to look into it, and I don't even know how to do that, I don't really like doing that. But I do know that Rodgers wants to be that quarterback that's thinking and engaging throughout the process, pre-snap, post-snap, and then you know as he's making his decision, it's a, a thought-out thing as opposed to this robotic, here's a step-by-step thing. And as long as you follow the formula, everything will just kind of take care of itself. You just have to deliver the ball accurately. And again, I I get that Rodgers doesn't want to do that, but I think most of us are like, look, this is the offense. This is what it is. This is who we hire. And we kind of want it, and we're good with it. And we would like a quarterback. I mean, if it could be an elite MVP level quarterback, great. But whoever it is, I'd like them to just do it. Anyways, Nate did call back just to say, go Pack Go. So uh, go Pack Go, Nate. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. 
We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Uh, caller number five. Hello, caller number five What here. up, man? Um, long time, no chat. I just had a thought that I wanted to share. Um, Brock Purdy took the 49ers to the NFC Championship game. Yes. And if you just yourself to yourself, anybody listening said, no, he didn't, it was the defense, or no, he didn't, it was uh, Shanahan's offense or whatever. Uh, why don't we try that with Jordan Love and get a couple first-round picks for Rodgers? That's all I'm saying. I think that it, if you can get two picks from the crazy teams that are insane, essentially, the uh, the teams that are always going to be garbage because they do moves like this, uh, why not take it a year early than a year late? Uh, maybe he goes on and does great things uh, and and you know wins an MVP or whatever. That's not going to bother me. Um, I'm a Green Bay Packers fan, and I want what's best for the team. So I think you let Jordan Love see what he's got, and we'll figure it out from there, man. Uh, I like the team. I think that we have a lot of talent, and as long as he plays within the system and makes decisions quickly, I think we got a good shot. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on that one? Take it easy. You know, as I'm looking at it, and you're absolutely right. I mean, why is the defense as good as it is? Let's be completely honest. It's because of Nick Bosa. Why did they get Nick Bosa? Because they sucked and they had the number two overall pick and they got a freak in Nick Bosa. That's why. But even still, if you look at the construction of their defense and what makes them so good, you can almost say that our defense should be here. It's just a matter of of if we could just get the best out of our guys. Nick Bosa is the only elite player on that team, and he's at a 90.6. You're telling me Rashawn can't get there? Of course he can. The next best player is Fred Warner at an 85. We've got two linebackers that we've invested a lot in. We can't get one at an 85. Number three is Charvarius Ward, cornerback, at an 81. Jair can't be an 81 overall player. 81, his coverage grade was a 76. That's Jair. Jimmy Ward at safety. Got to get a safety. I mean, it was Adrian Amos. He was at an 80, 77 coverage grade. I mean, Amos was, it is, let's be honest, is, although I think he's gone, so it doesn't matter. But that's who he is. And then after that, you got linebackers. Well, guess what? We drafted a linebacker in the first round. So if you want to say Drake Greenlaw, next best guy, well, guess what? We drafted a guy to be that good. Um, next best starter was the safety, Halfunga. And then the only other good player was Emmanuel Mosley right out of 70 or 71, which would be Eric Stokes. I didn't list a single defensive tackle. I didn't list another edge rusher. It's one edge rusher, two corners, two safeties, and linebackers, which really goes to show, you know, as much as we highlight Nick Bosa, it, it comes down to coverage, right? You've got really good coverage guys and one super freakish elite pass rusher it's not everybody everywhere dominant can't stop them no matter what blah 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 eric armstead was uh 63 he was the 19th best player on the team so yeah i it, it 
the crazy thing is, there's no reason we can't be this. This is what we should have been this past year with Rashawn and Jair and Amos, and even if Savage isn't that great, so what? It doesn't matter. We should have been this, and we still can be this. And you're right, couple picks, couple picks, go get somebody. You know, if it's Brian Branch, go let it be Brian Branch then. He can be our Jimmy Ward. And we got Rashawn to be our Bosa. We've got uh, Dre to be our Fred Warner. We've got our um, Quay to be our Greenlaw. Jair is our Chervarius Ward. And Stokes is our Emmanuel Mosley. And we are officially the uh, San Francisco defense, except we have a better defensive tackle in Kenny Clark and probably Devontae Wyatt. So, you know, we just have maybe not quite as good as safeties. Why can't we be the 49ers defense? And you're right. If we can get our defense where it needs to be, and maybe it was a mistake to keep uh, the defensive coordinator that we have, Joe Barry. It's entirely possible. We should get somebody else that can get the best out of our guys because this should have been the 2022 defense. But it wasn't until the end of the season when we didn't even have Rashawn and we finally figured out, hey, why don't we focus on coverage and not as much pass rush, blah, 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 whatever. But yeah, I agree. If we can add a couple more pieces to this, um, tomorrow I have a mock draft and I'm, well, I don't want to spoil it for you, so I won't. Um, But that'll be fun to check out. And we do discuss these kinds of things a little bit. uh, Offensive versus defensive. Here's a nugget I'll give you without giving too much away. The uh, came to find out through investigation. The second round... As much as you usually, if you're going to get a pass rusher, you want him early, especially if you have the 15th pick, then you're like, dang, man, this is like a real good opportunity, and it is. But the second round, as of right now, is loaded with pass rushers. So if you're looking to add to our pass rush, the second round is, you know, I think it was like 23% of the entire second round is pass rushers. It's like seven of them or something. Um, So it's pretty loaded and it's actually loaded with all the positions we need there's like two corners and two linebackers that we don't probably want but otherwise it's every position it's defensive tackle it's edge rusher it's wide receiver it's tackle it's tight end it's all the stuff we want so um yeah i'm, I'm pretty excited and, and and again i agree i don't know what jordan love is going to be but i do know that the nfl is changing in such a way that they're demonstrating which is, and, and I talked about this years ago. And by years ago, I mean probably two, three years ago. I said the first team, because this is when quarterbacks are like breaking the bank. Like it's getting crazy with these contracts. And the bottom line is it used to be if you had a superstar quarterback, you were set. If you had Pat Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, uh, whatever. You had to have that guy though. But the first guy that learns how to build a team that doesn't need an elite quarterback that's going to revolutionize the NFL because every team wants to figure out how to do that. Every team wants to do that. Nobody wants to pay 20% of their cap to a quarterback. Why would you do that? You're going to be crippled. You're done. You're dead. Everybody's going to want to learn how to do that. And the 49ers are demonstrating how to do that. And you're right. Oh, so what? It was the defense. Exactly. Exactly. But the point is, it used to be if you distributed the, the cap out, so that you're paying for a hefty defense and a hefty offensive line, and you don't have enough to pay a quarterback, you're going to lose. But the point is, they're winning. That's the point. So um, that's that's the model. And it's not like you can snap your fingers and be a Kyle Shanahan. 
But make no mistake about it, everybody is going to want to learn from that and say, how do we do that? Especially when you look at teams with with younger, like the Chicago Bears, the Green Bay Packers, teams with young guys. Like, I mean, if Jordan Love is good, not great, that might be good enough. Why do we have to sit in squalor like the Jets and like the Bengals and like all these teams for years who just kind of flounder? Bengals are a bad example. They just held on to AJ, uh, Andy Dalton forever. Um, but but those teams that would get quarterbacks like every year, every other year, they take these high picks and then they fail. and then they Because the only thing that mattered was getting that quarterback. And they couldn't find him, and so they never got good. And you don't want to get into that cycle. So rather than saying Jordan Love isn't a top three quarterback, world changer, Hall of Famer, therefore we have to replace him, figure out how to win with him. And again, he may be that guy. I'm just saying hypothetically, for teams all around the league that have mediocre guys like Jimmy Garoppolo, like Derek Carr. How do you build a team around these guys to get to the Super Bowl? Because there's not there's not enough quarterbacks to go around. At any given time, there's maybe three or four of them, maybe five, I don't know. But you're just SOL if you think you're going to be one of the teams that gets them. Even if you have, you know, look at the Chicago Bears, even if they have the number one pick, there's no guarantee that any of these quarterbacks in this draft class are going to be Pat Mahomes. Aaron Rodgers it's not just a guarantee because they get drafted early they become studs we've seen it year after year after year where just none of them are really that dominant or elite they might be good they might be okay they might be complete busts so wouldn't it be better to figure out how to win without that and again if you find a team that's doing it everybody should be emulating that that should be the most important thing because finding a quarterback is going to be nearly impossible. Finding that elite quarterback is like, it's, it's, I mean, it's literally impossible because they're not there for you to get. They don't exist, and then when they do exist, you're picking at pick 23, and they're gone at pick two. So you're out of luck, bud. Packers got so lucky, lucky that Favre fell down the draft board. And the Brett Favre thing was just a complete fluke. They had a gem that they were sitting on, and they didn't even know it. And they're sitting there laughing at the guy, thinking he's a big country bumpkin stupid dummy making fun of him and uh ron wolf was like hey uh we want that guy we'll give you i think we gave him a first for a second round pick quarterback and they're like are you serious this is like our third string guy we we use him for parlor tricks because he's got a strong arm yeah for sure we'll take a first round pick for this guy it's flukes both of these hall of fame quarterbacks that we got are flukes because of great gms Especially Ron Wolf to be able to see that, but also, you know, again, the story about Brett Far or uh, Aaron Rodgers when they were like, you know, rumors are that people are going to pass on this guy. What if? And they start putting the tape on, they start grinding on it to see, do we want this guy if he makes it? And sure enough, he made it and they made the decision in that moment. Yeah, let's do it. Let's pull the trigger. But these are these are one in a million type situations. It's much better to figure out how to win without it. So, yes, I, uh, I think we should begin to invest in weapons, in offensive line, in defense. I mean, it's, it, we're talking a lot of money. <laughs> when you split up a quarterback's salary cap across a lot of different positions, it's a lot of money. So, anyways, I'm with you. I, I, easier said than done. But it's probably easier to figure out how to replicate the 49ers than it is to manifest a uh, a Josh Allen. Hey, uh, caller number five again. Just wanted to clarify. I am not a Rodgers hater. 
every time I dare to suggest that we move on, I'm labeled the ungrateful Rodgers hater. Right. Uh, he's my favorite player all time. So uh, please don't don't hit me with that crap. I just want what's best for the team. That's all. And I think that it might be time to move on. And there's always be careful what you wish for. But like, yeah, sure. Um, I mean, what what else are we supposed to do? Right. Run it back for the fourth time right. with uh, a team that just can't get it done. Uh, I just want to try something new. So that's where I'm at. I'm not a Rogers hater. Uh, now let me go make my eggs and and hash that nice. I'm making. So thanks. That's it. Yeah, that that is funny because it's like, oh yeah, you think it's going to be so great with Jordan Love? Just wait until it fails. Like what? There's no option in my mind. There is no other option. If there was an option for MVP Aaron Rodgers to be here for another five years, I would sign up for that. It's not a thing. I mean, I I, I just feel like sometimes the people that are saying that stuff are living in a fantasy land. There is maybe one more year, and we are not going to win a Super Bowl with the guy. So I talked about that one show I watched where I was like, I just want to run it back. I just want to run it back. And he just kept saying that. Like, it's like this weird mantra that you're saying, and I don't even think you know what you're saying when you say it. What does that even mean to you when you say that? Run what back? A season where, you know what we did last year? Did you watch this past season? Are you telling me you want that again? That's what run it back means. What do you want? And for all the things, well, it, it didn't it didn't succeed because of the, 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 the. How much of that is going to change? How much of the did 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 is going to change? Aside from Rogers' broken thumb, we're going to have the same receivers that you're pissing and moaning about, the same coach that you're pissing and moaning about, the same scheme that you're pissing and moaning about, the same defensive coordinator that you're pissing and moaning about, the same players that you're pissing and moaning about. We're not doing anything in free agency. We're going to do a handful of picks, only two of which are considered early round picks. So we're going to add two new guys that are rookies and don't know what they're doing. What exactly is it that inspires you to believe that running it back is going to do something magical? I know it's going to suck moving forward without Rodgers, but newsflash, it already sucks. The suck started last year. The question is, what do we do moving forward? And and prolonging the suck because you just can't seem to let go of Rodgers doesn't seem rational to me. I don't get that. Well, he's a better quarterback. I don't care. I don't care. The better quarterback gets us to nine wins and we miss the playoffs, and that's desirable to you. Why? Because you'd rather have that than seven wins? What if that seven-win quarterback goes on to be a 10-win and then a 12-win quarterback in the next couple years in my reality? And in your reality, that quarterback gets traded somewhere else and wins 12 wins somewhere else because you wanted one more year of suck. What are you even talking about? It's just, it's just devoid of reality. There is no reality in which we continue on with Aaron Rodgers and continue on down this path of, of pursuing a, that one more Super Bowl. The window is closed. It doesn't exist anymore. It's not a thing. We had our window, we tried, we pushed all the money out, we brought in all the players, we spent all the money. Now the bills come due, Aaron Rodgers is not performing at a high level, Devontae Adams is gone, the window is closed. There is no continue with Rodgers on these 13-win seasons to see if we can go all blah, blah, blah. That, that's gone. I don't know what, what you want me to say. He's leaving, in retirement or otherwise, whether we like it or not. We're broke trying to get Rodgers one more Super Bowl championship. That's not an option. Hey, Ryan, you're talking about the commentators and 
I just I agree. I don't I don't know how they're so bad when they get paid so much money. It's right. like every week I see stuff where it's just like the announcers don't even know the rules, and it's like like oh let's bring in our rules expert, and it's like you're a commentator. Shouldn't like a bare minimum requirement be that you read the NFL rule book? Yeah. Like be like oh I don't, why aren't they challenging here? Why aren't they challenging? Like, well, they're within two minutes of the half, so they can't challenge us to be a booth review. And you should know this. If I know it sitting on my couch, you should know this. Right. Or like a player will run out of bounds. They'll be like, oh, they forgot to stop the clock. No, they didn't. The clock only stops if you're within the last five minutes of the half. The clock does not stop just because you went out of bounds the rest of the game. And it's like, there's probably these rules that aren't even that complicated. Um, and it's like, why don't the announcers know this? Like, that's all you have to do all week is prepare to watch this game, and you can't even know that stuff. Ugh, drives me crazy. Go back, go. Yeah, and just again, just the lack of passion. You know, I mean, what, what's it going to take to get you to jump out of your seat and scream and get excited? I mean, this is what the local guys do because they're fans, and I, I get it. You're not a fan of the team. You're you're a neutral party, but get excited about touchdowns. It just it just seems so blasé with the way that they go about everything. Just kind of. And there's a 10-yard touchdown to Gronkowski. Wow, great job to you, sir. It's just, it's lame. And again, this is why, you know, things like YouTube or whatever are taken over because you think about how many different entertaining things there can be. Imagine if you had, and you do, I've, I've seen it, streams with two different opposing fan bases, live streaming. I mean, not, you can't watch the game, but it's the commentating. And you usually don't want to do that during a game. But again, like I just realized, if I'm watching the game on a streaming service, I can pause the game and get the YouTube synced up just perfectly. And I can watch it with whoever I want to watch. There's 65 people live streaming this game right now. Way more entertaining. Whether that's just a diehard fan, somebody that's just going to get all riled up. If you want to just scream and get excited, you can watch the stream with Ramage. If you want more insights, you can watch with these people. If you want to watch the opposing team, you can watch with those people. You can watch Bears games with Bears fans and everything else. There's no reason. And, and of course, there's always the, the radio, which I never liked because, again, it never synced up. But the problem with the radio is the radio is ahead and I can't pause the radio. Radio is ahead of the TV and the TV is ahead of streaming service. So the, I would find out about a touchdown like a minute before it actually happened on my TV. And I'm not doing that. I don't know how you guys do that. I just listen on the radio. How can you, you know how annoying that is? I hate when I just happen to poke on Twitter and everybody's like, touchdown, Christian Watson, yeah. And then I'm sitting here and it's like third and two. Like, oh, come on. Look over at my son. I'm like, hey, something cool's about to happen. I got a feeling. I got a feeling, man. Christian Watson's due for one. Make him seem like I'm smart. I tell him the truth eventually. It's just funny. But anyways, let's do one more. And uh, what better way to end than with her buddy, Nate? Hey, Ryan, it's Nate. Hey. Um, just wanted to call and see if you have any idea who you're rooting for in the Super Bowl. Um, yes. I don't know if you've mentioned it in the past or not. Uh, it's a hard one for me. Usually I have a team that I prefer. I was really rooting Bengals. But um, thanks to their offensive line, they didn't really have much of a shot. Uh, and then on top of that, it's two of the most just irritating as fan bases in the entire NFL. Mm-hmm. Eagles, for one reason, because they're just a bunch of <laughs> cranny-eating morons, um, just basically starting fights and destroying their city anytime they win. Yeah. And then on the other side, you have the Chiefs, who have, you know, you know, you know why the Chiefs are annoying. 
um, especially with just the, the racist chant that they have. Like, how is how is that okay? But like, the I love their chant. Change their name, but the Chiefs can can do a native war chant um, with a bunch of white Karens and Chads sitting around in the crowd. How I don't know. I don't know how that's okay. But uh, beyond that, I don't. Pause the wrong one. Hold on, Nate. How in the world is chanting a war chant racist? That doesn't make any sense, Nate. Come on, man. Dude, war chants are awesome. How is being like, dude, it, like if we watched a movie and it was like a movie about like, I don't know, Native American war people, whatever, and they were awesome and they went around and they slaughtered people. And it's like, dude, that's freaking sweet. Is that racist? I'm like, dude, that guy is awesome. Like, oh, <gasps> you can't say he's awesome. That's racist. Go watch 300. Go watch Vikings. By the way, can black people watch Vikings? Can Native Americans watch Vikings? I don't think so. Because if they celebrate it or enjoy it, I think that's racist. Come on, this is stupid. It's a freaking war chant. Don't you want to do a war chant? And why would you say it has to be like a white people war chant? I don't know if you're just being, like, if you're just making this up to be funny. But for anybody that actually believes this, what are you talking about? Why would it be racist to do a freaking awesome war chant? I mean, what is Skull? I mean, other than the color of people's skin, I promise you the Karen, along with the black people and the Asian people and everybody else that's scolding out there, they're not Vikings. They were never Vikings. Many of them are Norwegian, probably, aside from the Vikings fans that traveled there and the obviously not white people. Which, by the way, what is that new Viking show where everybody's black and there's like the most powerful person out there is a black woman? <laughs> I watched it and I saw that and I'm like, yeah, all right, I think that's enough for me. That's not a thing. I understand trying to keep things historically realistic is is hard, but you're trying to do things that are not correct. Like, you're going out of your way to be like, mm, this is fake, I think I'll add that. Like, mm, maybe we could put in a wizard. No, that wasn't a thing back then, I don't think. I don't think they had wizards. I don't understand what that means. Why would it be racist to do a Native American war chant? That's freaking awesome. So, I mean, if you think the word redskin is racist, Okay, then I guess that's a bad thing. It was never racist when it was adopted, but some people use it that way. So because some people use it that way, they ruin it for everybody. So now it's any way that you use it has to be racist. So now it has to go away. So, okay, whatever. But you're not going to tell me that saying, dude, that's freaking awesome. We're going to do the chant, which is the other thing I never understood about the whole Redskins thing. Why would a team adopt themselves a name that is a racist name. What sense does that make? Like, if that was the intent. Everybody's like, we're going to take on a name that means we're hardcore and ferocious and violent. And then this one team's like, you know what? We're going to go on a different route. I'm going to make fun of the, uh, the Native Americans. <laughs> That's very obviously not what they did. Both the Chiefs and the Redskins were like, we're going to be freaking hardcore Native American warriors because they're awesome and ferocious and fierce, and we're going to pay tribute to them by making them our mascot and our name and everything else. And now we got to sit here and be like, oh, oh, can you believe it? They actually appreciate that? They're so racist. What are we talking about? That doesn't make sense. And I'll tell you right now, if the Chiefs ever go away, the Vikings have to go away. And from now on, any historical reference of appreciation for anything that happens to have a race is racist. And we have to live in this cocoon where we never say or think anything ever because it's offensive. I personally am opposed to that way of living, 
But if that's what we're going to do, then let's just do it all the way. Anyways, sorry, Nate. I needed to uh, vent on that particular issue. Please continue. I'm leaning towards the Chiefs because I do like Patrick Mahomes as a player. Uh, I, I hate his whole family, but him himself, I think he's a really good quarterback. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. I just want to get your input on who uh, who we should be rooting for as Pack fans. So I, this entire time, have been leaning toward rooting for the Eagles. Um, I don't like the idea of other teams being better than the Packers. Um, and so I'm kind of being that petty person who wants to tear other people down in order to make me feel better kind of thing, you know. But I think you're probably right. I probably should be rooting for the Chiefs. You probably should be rooting for the team that has earned it. They've got the right coach, the right scheme, the right players, the right quarterback. they got all that stuff, right? Everything's just, you know, they've earned it. They've deserved it. Um, and, yeah, I probably should not be rooting for a fan base that, you know, as you said, lights its city on fire when they win football games because they don't deserve good things, especially since they won recently. I know the Chiefs did too, but, again, they earned it. The freaking Eagles won with Nick Foles. And now they're going to come around and beat the Chiefs just on a whim with Jay. Like, slow down, dude. I mean, I, I get it. Like, you got a good thing going with Jalen Hurts and the whole crew, but it's not your time, man. You know, just calm down. Uh, I would hate to cede another Super Bowl victory to the Chiefs because I feel like then Pat Mahomes just, on, I mean, the guy, it feels like he just came into the league and it feels like if he wins a Super Bowl, he's already ahead of Aaron Rodgers. Right? I mean, wh- how do you put Rodgers ahead of Mahomes? In what category? Touchdown to interception ratio? Like, okay, cool. You know, I mean, is is that really what Rodgers has been reduced to? The guy with the crazy touchdown to interception ratio stat? The the guy with the high um, um, passer rating stat? I mean, that's cool, but I don't know. I just... Uh, I would rather that not be the case, but you're probably right. I probably should root for the Chiefs. I, I just I don't really want either team to win. So I think what I'm going to do is um, I, I just thought about this today. I was trying to figure this out because it's like Valentine's Day is coming up. I have three daughters, a wife and a son. And I feel like Valentine's Day, I I wanted it to be like a thing for the ladies because that's what Valentine's Day is. So I was like, maybe I should just have me and my son like do stuff, nice nice stuff for the girls. Or do I like do nice stuff for the girls, but then exclude my son and he's going to be like, dude, what the heck is this? And then it's kind of messed up. My wife wouldn't like that. Like, just do something nice for him. And I'm like, no, I'm not stupid. Like, you got to, like, I know how this conversation is already going to go. And then I thought about it. I'm like, dude, the Super Bowl is right around that time. So if I did like special things with each of my daughters on different days, you know, my wife on Valentine's Day, it's got to be on the day, probably we've been talking about going to this Italian place for a long time. We went there once, we both freaking loved it. It has terrible reviews, but I thought the food was amazing. Um, It reminds me of like a Gordon Ramsay place on Hell's Kitchen, which is not a good thing, but terrible reviews. And it's like you, there was one episode where you have to, um, make an appointment or uh, whatever you call it. Uh, I don't even know. I don't go to fancy places. Um, but there's nobody there. <laughs> so it's like if you try to just walk in, they're like, oh, do you have a oh, reservation? That's what it is. Do you have a reservation? No. Ooh, sorry, it's reservation only. Dude, nobody's here. So it's 
it's got a vibe of like a, a bad Hell's Kitchen place. I'm telling you, though, it was good. It was real good. Anyways, been talking about going back there since it's been probably eight months since the last time we were there. We've been talking about it ever since. But Val- Valentine's Day is like, that's it. That's when we're going. But then I thought I could do something with my other... My, one of my daughters is two, so I don't know. I'll uh, give her a beautiful dress and give her a hug and we'll watch uh, stupid things on YouTube with babies and stuff. I don't know. But then the other two... Well, my, my oldest is a teenager, so she might just outright refuse and be like, I don't know, let's just go to Culver's and go to the drive-thru and then bring me home and don't talk to me, which is entirely possible. Um, and then there's the middle child who loves daddy time, but every time I suggest like, hey, how about me and you go do something? She's like, why don't we bring everybody? Because she's real big on family, which means everybody. So I don't know, it might not work out. But anyways, I thought, here's what I'll do. Me and the boy, we're not going to do like a Valentine's Day thing because that's kind of lame. We're going to do a Super Bowl party. You know what I mean? So we're going to get some steaks. He loves grilling out. Loves steak. Picky eater, but that boy will crush some steak. And he loves grilling with a passion. I mean, he's he's very much like me. He's very much like rule-oriented and numbers-oriented and math. Like, he's entirely left-brained. So he will sit there and stare at this little temperature gauge that I have. And like every three minutes, he's giving me an update and all this stuff. He's he's wired for being the guy that when he grows up, he's going to be sitting outside of a smoker with his buddies, just just sitting outside watching a brisket. And I can't wait for him to become that man. But anyways, all this to say, Super Bowl is going to be about me and my boy grilling out some meat, having a Super Bowl party having an awesome day together, and watching football. And whoever wins, wins, and we're going to be angry about the winner and happy about the loser. I mean, he, he I think he kind of likes the Chiefs. I don't really know. It doesn't matter. But the point is, that's, that's what I'm trying to get to, trying to enjoy the event and hopefully make it a family event. My, the, the girls in the family don't like football, but maybe because it's the Super Bowl, because it's a big thing, we can try to make it fun, get some good food. You know, the halftime show, which is always stupid, but maybe it'll be good. I don't even know. Who is the halftime show? I honestly don't even know. Let me look it up. Rihanna. I'm going to be real, real with you right now. I couldn't name one Rihanna song. I'm sure I've heard them. I couldn't tell you one. Let me go on YouTube and find one. Something about Black Panther. I have no idea. But I do know Umbrella. All right. So I, I, I recognize the voice now. Got it. This whole thing. Got it. All right. Funny thing is, all the songs that I know are from 13 years ago. Don't Stop the Music, 13 years ago is when it was put on YouTube. It's kind of crazy. So anyways, in summary, um, yeah, just just planning to have a good Super Bowl party. Um, One big hurrah, and um, hopefully it goes well. Wish me luck. Um, We're going to end it at that. You guys have yourselves a fantastic night. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye. 